Welcome to Rain City Supercars, brought to you by Haggerty. I'm Nick. I'm Dan. And we have a new location. We are officially broadcasting from Drivers Club in Redmond, Washington. Finally. It's just, we've been holding this information back for far too long. We've been dying to talk about it on the podcast, and it hasn't. we've been holding off and holding off, and it's been building up. Well, we talk a lot about Amanda and Doug, and actually Doug will be uh, our guest next week, but... Um, yeah. Drivers Club is getting ready to open very soon, and uh, we are now broadcasting from the Members Lounge in Redmond, Washington on 185th, I believe it is. You know where the Costco is, you know where Drivers Club is. You, and you right next to Metro, uh, Metropolitan Detail. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and we, ha- we can't forget our other sponsor, Rainier Beer, <laughs> <laughs> who has gladly uh, sponsored us here at Drivers Club and uh, will be sponsoring us and Drivers Club. So cheers to that. Yeah. Cheers yeah. to Rainier. I'm actually drinking tonight. Are you saying you've been lying to all, all the other uh, times that you haven't been drinking? No, I just I usually don't drink during the week, and so I'm. And I drink I'm on da- I tonight. drink on days that end in Y. I know that's it's a lot easier that way. We all know. Yes, we all know. <laughs> Those <laughs> of us that know, you know. Oh no, our listeners know too. Absolutely. He's well, rarely sober on here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Rarely sober. That's that's what it is. But uh, I as I sit here, here but you just went for it in the members' lounge, which is by the way gorgeous. If you don't know about Drivers Club, you need to find out about Drivers Club. Because it is the premier place on the east side that I believe to store cars. And uh, it's, it's sort of like a golf country club minus the golf. Actually, it has golf. Oh, no. <laughs> well, a I golf was simulator. on that. We are yeah. not a country club. We'll let, let, we'll, we'll, car country club? We will leave it for Doug to actually explain what Drivers Club is next week. You can go to their Absolutely. website, drivers.club. It's not a spam site. That's actually drivers.club. That's the whole address. Cool. Start with that. Well, I mean, and actually, we just got done watching a wonderful promotional video for Do- Drivers Club for, from it was produced by our guest uh, today, Ben Abrams of E Garage and of other fame around here. <laughs> How are you, Ben? Well, why isn't Doug the first guest in Doug's building? Well, you know, you want the, we, we, well, we're going to tell people the truth because Doug is out in his warehouse on a zamboni right now, <laughs> right. <laughs> riding back and forth cleaning the floor because. You got to if you you know do it yourself and you know it's done right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He's riding also, that thing like a stallion, whooping his hat around. <laughs> yes. You talk about a missed opportunity to put that in his promotional video. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Him out there on a zamboni. We were here a couple nights ago, uh, going around in his scissor lift. So that was kind of fun. We were helping. <laughs> we were helping. That's <laughs> right. Air but, quotes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Ben, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. You know, we you're. I you've asked been, for gluten free beer. But <laughs> I'll take Rainier. <laughs> you got Rainier. <laughs> it's it's water ish, but I mean. It's but it uh, you know it's close. It's, it's my favorite beer. I mean yeah, and I've I forced it on Dan. You know even though he has better habits of drinking whiskey, but you know how that goes. I do both. Absolutely, I'm an equal opportunity drinker. You're, you're an equal opportunity drinker. <laughs> but uh, Ben, it's great to see you. Like I said, you've been a big part of the the Northwest car community, and as Rain City Supercars goes, that's what we we want to introduce to people to you, and you know people could get to know you. They've met you probably at exotics and seen some of the your beautiful cars that you you show up with. But you kind of work into the automotive field as well in in doing digital media with eGarage, correct? Yeah, you know I've tried a few things to mix passion and business. Some haven't worked. E-Garage for me is scratching a creative itch that I didn't even know I necessarily had. I didn't go to school for video production, didn't fancy myself much of a storyteller. But yeah, it's it's continuing to feed back in positive ways and telling a story like Doug's is a, a perfect kind of explanation of uh, why it works for me. I mean, this building is gorgeous. Doug's story is amazing. What Doug wants to do here is admirable, and uh, he's certainly doing it right 100%. Can't build a building better than this, but it's really hard to tell the story of a beautiful building. And so Doug and I met through 
you know, just mutual circles. And he allowed me to flex some creative muscles and, and didn't draw very many lines for me to stay in between. And I'm really, really happy with the result. And it was really special seeing it on these gigantic effing screens in this clubhouse. If you drive by Drivers Club, you will be able to see the screens from the road, <laughs> so it's not hard to see. But um, Ben, you're not originally from here, right? You're uh, you're New York, right? Yeah, New Correct? York. New York via Boulder and then here. Boulder and then here. How did you end up in Seattle of all places? Uh, I got my master's in 2001 and just haven't haven't never left. To go anywhere else. Yeah. Never left. Yeah. I was very attracted to the Northwest even before weed was legal, and you know now oh, it's more attractive now. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> indica in the couch yep <laughs> pretty much yeah so i went to uw and i moved here in uh, a month before 9 11 which is also my birthday and i didn't have internet at the time and didn't have cable because i didn't even know if i was staying here because i didn't know if i got into school but i was willing to gamble everything because i knew i wanted to be here and i just didn't want to be in colorado anymore and 9 11 happened Went down to Green Lake and, and watched from the Green Lake Bar and Grill and hit very close to home, literally and figuratively for me, because I grew up very close and everybody was fine. Everybody that I knew was fine. And then, yeah, I, I just have been stuck here. This place does everything for me. You know, the short days suck, but I take many, many vitamin D and I'm managing to get through it. But Seattle for, for me is, yeah, it's the, the car community was surprising to find a group of people who drive as much as they do in weather like this. And it's really admirable. Oh, you mean take their cars out and drive them. We were yeah. just watching a brand new delivery GT2 come in the door. <laughs> coming, yeah. and, it, and it's raining sideways outside. Yeah, people don't give an F, you know? No. It's fantastic. Yeah. Which is great. And, and that's one of the things that Dan and I always love about it is the fact that people get out and they drive their cars. They don't necessarily worry about miles. They protect their cars, yeah. you know, but they're they're getting out there and they're enjoying this. And this is a wonderful area for winter sports and for spring sports and especially summer driving. And Yeah. I, I, I love I, it. I mean, I, I don't think you – I mean, I grew up on the other side of the state, but, you know, so I, I didn't move far. But it was uh, – this has always been a, a great place to – especially with the car community. The roads, man. I mean, if you get out of the city, the roads are so rewarding. And I, I've I've uh, learned that when I did live in the city for 10 years here, it, it, I started liking and driving my cars less and less. Um, and I felt that happening in me. And there was an impetus to get out of the city. And I am falling in love with my cars all over again now that I drive on some country roads every day. That's right. You moved out of the city not too long ago. Yeah. Right? And, you know, yeah. Beautiful countryside. It's fantastic. Fresh man. air. And yeah. yeah. I can't get enough. And and it will guarantee that I, I don't want to leave the area. It's a lot. It's a lot of fun. But I mean, so where did your automotive passion come from? Like, is that something from a childhood, or is it just something you grew I, up with? I have no car people in my family at all. Interesting. I I honestly I wish I could trace it back to something, but I mean, my first car was a hand-me-down Accord from my sister, '92 LX. I want to say ooh, baby blue ooh, quality. Actually, it was. <laughs> no, I know. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. LX. The LX is the nice yeah. one, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all the Hondas. It's the nice one. <laughs> So on uh, Bring a Trailer, a 89 Prelude Red with 7,000 original miles just sold for $30,000. That's crazy. That's I've, crazy. I've driven that. What you're telling me is somebody was dumb enough to pay $30,000 <laughs> for a Prelude. <laughs> There's got to be a good story behind that. Like, you know, like lost his virginity or something. Was it like an that. SH? It was. Oh, okay. It was well, an there SH. You go. There you go. No, no, it was, it was a cutting. SI 89. It was an SI. Did it have oh, a VTEC? 89, yeah, yeah. SI. Did it have VTEC? I think it was pre VTEC. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Never <know>. mind. <laughs> I'm not that much of a Honda aficionado. Yeah, so after the, uh, after the Accord, it 
at that point, I, I knew that I was into cars, but didn't know what that really looked like. It wasn't that the Honda cemented any, any you know, it didn't ignite the fire hotter or anything like that. Um, I went to a, uh, a Pathfinder with a big base tube in the back, and um, unfortunately, that got rolled. I was not driving, but it was a very serious accident, and when I could get back into cars was in college and was a 92 Subaru SVX. And Interesting I car. always wanted one of those. It, yeah. was, it was fantastic. It was 240 horsepower yep. and it was an automatic and I put 18 inch chrome wheels on it and I would drive it to the, the mountains and I would go snowboarding and that one also died a tragic death which i was responsible for it happened after that was then the s4 so the 2000 s4 i i going from i mean i had the the svx from 95 to 98 99 and then rumors of this b5 s4 started trickling out yeah and and the first twin turbo which is still a great car if you build them right yeah and and i i built mine and it just totally cemented my love for modifying and and making something i mean that car was a a real enthusiast benchmark i think and at least for my generation and it just hit me at the right time in my life when i needed it as far as the car thing and i i was always drawn to speed i mean i liked riding motorcycles the minute i left home and i didn't have my mother telling me i couldn't anymore and so the SV or SVX going, or, or sorry, the, the S4 going from 240 horsepower to, you know, now three, and then that quickly became four, and then that quickly became, you know, five, and it's now a 600 horsepower S4, which I still have. Really? You still have the S4? Oh, yeah. Did you buy it brand new? It's in LeMay right now. Oh, you know oh. what? I, actually, I knew that, I think. That's funny. I yeah. Just talking to somebody about that. Yeah. Huh. I like those cars. We have a lot of friends that are obviously Audi enthusiasts, you know, Jason and Boryog and people like that. But yeah, I drive they're hard, they're hard to beat. Those cars are really hard to beat. And, and that's coming from me, who's a BMW guy. But it's, I, I, I love that platform. But yeah, I mean, you, you, you have always sort of customized your cars to make them yours. I mean, everything is, I mean, you've never been a person that kept, keeps anything stock, are you? Yeah, there's, I mean, uh, even if it's, even if it's putting um, some kind of, uh, door ding in it i feel like i have to do something to make it mine um and once you get the first door ding in though it doesn't matter about the other ones that's it's 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 all patina you know it's patina i love that they came up a word for people that can put scratches in their cars door dings are in it's supposed to be there (laughs) so yeah i i think i have always had um a messing with what's good enough kind of intention behind you know what i do with my cars and it probably yeah it started with the s4 i wanted to get every rs4 component from somewhere else it came from germany in this case i i I think it's the only car that has an rs4 airbag in it because they then shortly after stopped shipping airbags just weird like i don't know how we are about cursing on this but you're fine he's used to bleeping me so go ahead (laughs) i'm great at bleeping (laughs) it's a good but yeah i mean i I wanted to as the plaque in lemay says i i was enamored with the rs4 wagon and obviously the avant and we couldn't get it here um and so i wanted to take an s4 and put wide body panels on it and get every rs4 component that i could and put it on that car and yeah still have it it's not that friendly to drive on the street anymore just because it's really really fast and and the clutch is really really tough and i have other things that i was gonna say i don't even think i've seen that car of all the beautiful automobiles you've owned i don't even think i've seen that one but yeah you'll see it now that i've got a little one to put in the back um yeah yeah, it'll be a good dad whip for sure 
That's awesome. Someone yeah. to pass all these automotive legends <laughs> and dreams down to. Yeah. And now uh, that you're in the country, you have a great excuse to open that thing up a little more. Yeah, and yeah, really yeah. use that yeah. all-wheel drive. And exactly. All that's what Ben needed. He needed to move the country to <laughs> right. have a good excuse <laughs> yeah, to open exactly. up a car. Right. It's, yeah. it's tough, though, man. I mean, I think when you're driving really, really powerful cars and you're stuck in the city or you're stuck in traffic you know, you, and you don't feel safe getting out of third gear, again, I think being a dad changes a lot of that. But yeah, the, the high horsepower stuff I feel is I want to find cars that are just as fun going 30 as they are going 130 on a public road. And it's changed my, my perspective on, on cars and car collecting as I, you know, started with the S4. You know, I'm now looking at older stuff. I'm 20 years older now. So yeah. I'm now looking at older stuff that, that feels really, really good going 30 or 50. Yeah, I was, I was just having a conversation with a guy the other day. We were talking about the disappointment of actually M3s and M4s and how much I love the E30 because I felt like it lived up to all the expectations I had for it when I drove it. And the new ones don't for me. That's just a personal yeah. opinion. But I love the, uh, the older cars, the 944 turbos, the 928 GTs, stuff like that. Because it's, it's not that they're as fast or as handle as well as anything modern today I, I drove a 67 camaro rs the other day and it would dream of handling and speed of a modern corolla but it's a totally different feeling when the car you drive drives the way you expect it to and it's not disappointing it's also really rewarding to drive a really high horsepower car and knowing you have to hold back there's a certain it gets frustrating in, though in, in the city yes but in the highways when i'm out there in the middle of nowhere and i know that if i tap this thing too hard in third i'm going to be you know, power sliding out of this corner. <laughs> and there's a joy in that. There's Some yeah. people want to re- do that, Dan, but yeah. No, I want to do both. I do it on accident, of course. You <laughs> but know, there's well, a joy well, in that skill. Yeah. Um, One thing, we're going to stop here real quick because, one, we're recording in front of a live studio audience, which is what we now do at Drivers Club, and the pizza just got here. So so nice. we'll, we'll come back. I want, I, w- I want to talk about the uh, the how you started eGarage and, and combined your passion of uh, sure, man. Uh, journalism. Journalism, shall we call it? <laughs> Yeah. No, no, but I did just get my first journalism job. Congratulations. Oh. Yeah, we can talk about that. Okay. Yeah, we'll when we come that. back from eating pizza and drinking beer, uh, we'll get into eGarage. Cool. We spend an average of eight hours and 41 minutes a day facing screens, laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something greater? Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty for people who love cars. And we're back. We are full of pizza and beer and ready to go for the middle segment, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, segment I'm not there. hungry or thirsty anymore. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we ate and drank all of that in the uh, 30 second commercial you guys just listened to. Right? So just remember that. Ca- it's cap- it. All three of us are capable of it. Don't act like we're not. <laughs> so. Didn't eat. I just inhaled and swallowed. Don't don't even go there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> our audience is even laughing at me. That was very, very that was not right. Anyway, <laughs> so I want it noted. I said nothing. <laughs> Should I leave? I can hear your look. I can hear it. Most people can. Yeah. So before we went for our break, we were talking about eGarage and how you got started yeah. and. Uh, for the, our audience, for some reason, if they haven't heard of eGarage, yeah. I would hardly Met- consider them car people at this point, since you guys have made such a huge impact on the car world. We've, I appreciate you saying that. We've been around for a while, but I, I, you know, we're not the biggest brand, I would say. I, I 
didn't, you know, uh, a friend approached me with the idea and we, we didn't have much direction. We just knew we wanted to tell stories. And Ooh, Rain City Supercars is going to turn into e-garage. Ooh, <laughs> uh, we don't know what the hell we're doing either. <laughs> But, you know, we knew we were passionate about it. We knew we had a different perspective on things. We knew we had access. That was a, a, a huge part of it, was having access to stories that hadn't been heard yet. And, you know, I just, I didn't know anything about video production. Didn't go to school for it. After a few years of kind of trying and, and missing and refining what it was that the brand was here to do, realized that video storytelling was where I wanted to focus my energy. And... You know, Petrolicious came along at the same time and he skyrocketed popularity because he was a much better brand builder than I was. I didn't really, like I said, it wasn't, it wasn't about building e-garage. It was about telling stories. And to be honest, I'm still there. Uh, I'm, I'm more focused on refining the craft because it was new to me as of 2010. And it's not what I make a living still doing. But I, I finally feel really good about the craft. And I think people are going to see... Um, kind of a variety of projects coming from us just at the end of this year, including the Drivers Club video, that hopefully reflects I'm still really passionate about it. And, and I think I have a perspective as a car guy myself. And, um, and now as a, a guy who can make a video that, you know, I bring something different to the table. You know, it's funny. We, uh, the, the Drivers Club video, we have the preview of, it'll probably be out by the time this episode airs, is absolutely beautiful. But one of our previous guests also has a video from you guys. Yeah. And that's yeah, uh, yeah. Brandon Ben yeah. Powell. It goes by Ben, and that's with the Pinsgower. Yeah. It was, um, I first saw it on the Avance page, actually. He heads yeah. the Avance Off Road page, which obviously Adam is a great friend of ours, and we s- support Avance all the way, and we know you guys are friends as well. But it's just, you have a way of capturing more than just a car. I see a lot of videos, and it's just, like, okay, I've seen every angle of this car a thousand times, and that's neat. It has it serves its purpose. It's car journalism, like Motor Trend or stuff like that. Like, okay, that's cool, but it doesn't tell the story of living with the car, driving the car, being having it being part of your life. And that's one of the, my favorite things about your channel. I guess that's not really the right, it's your site. I guess. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't even know what the right word is, man. Like yeah. I said, I you know I didn't. As far, thank you, I appreciate it's not everything journalism. You're I'll tell you that it's you know <laughs> I I didn't care about the YouTube channel. I I, I didn't care about growing subscribers. Um, uh, it was really just uh, about refining the craft. And so, f- for me, what I call me and the people who work with me, my director, my camera operators, my editors, my sound people, like. We're a studio and we're publishers. Um, I'm a publisher. I come from a publishing background. My father was a publisher, is a publisher. And um, so I think that's what you would call eGarage as a publisher. But I think I can tell that story of a car and a person um, because I, like I said, I, I come from that perspective and I'm not doing it with any other kind of motivations. For example, with the Drivers Club video, you know, Doug gave me a very, very long leash. And, but I know his enthusiasm and his passion for his cars is an honest and authentic one. And it makes it very easy to tell a very good story if the passion is an authentic passion. I was just having a conversation with a guy this week, actually. I met up with a guy who has his own YouTube channel. He's getting started. And we were talking about, there's two very different type of people, well, in life, but in the car world. And there's, but in the car world, it shines a lot. You see the guys that walk into a room and see what the room can give to them. And the guys that walk into a room and see what they can give back to it. And their success is often a byproduct of what they give back. Um, I see that in the style you shoot. I see that in the way Carl shoots photos. We had him on our podcast talking about yep. it. It's that, that artistic eye of being able to see a scene 
and see it unfold and know the person and know their personality and being able to represent that in an image, it's a beautiful thing and it's an art. And it's this, it's what separates the guys from who go to an event and just show up there and be like, well, I can get more views on YouTube because I'm standing next to this car with this girl or whatever. And the guys who go in and say, I can capture this scene that doesn't really exist otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) That's our live studio audience, by the way. Damn Zamboni drivers. (laughs) I mean, it's a tremendous responsibility. I I feel like I come from a little bit of a different generation than the the YouTube kind of selfie stick viral video kind of person. And I feel like when somebody like Doug or even somebody like Brandon agrees to, you know, be in front of my cameras, there's a tremendous responsibility in communicating this person in a minute or three minutes or five minutes. And it's, it's a, it's, you have to consolidate a person's life or business in, in the driver's club case in, into a focused message. And you have to make the person likable, which was really, really tough with Doug. With but Doug luckily, yeah, exactly. luckily his kids are cute and you know, I and mean, he didn't talk. <laughs> no, right. The whole, yeah, that's why we didn't have Doug talking. That's why we didn't. I think that's important. Like Dan, Dan and I were talking about e-garage and the fact that, you can you can do a story on a car. That's very easy. Anybody can do that. But to tell the story of somebody that bought that particular car and so that people can understand it, like you said, in one minute or three minutes is something different, especially with Ben. Like wh- it, yeah. That video shows why he bought that vehicle. Right. And when we had him on here, we were talking about that. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. we're working with two mics. And I was like, what are you doing, Dan? Um, <laughs> but I think that's the important part in the fact that, you know, telling the person's story while you're telling you're talking about the car they're driving. Yeah. yeah. And, and, Brit- I, and, I, and I agree with your act, or your directorial De- debut with Doug not letting him speak <laughs> well it's funny because uh, when I was watching the video it's it's more than just driver's club because I, I see a lot of cues I mean, we know Doug and right. so one of the things like there's a it's starting the morning with a coffee and if you know Doug you, he's actually a huge coffee connoisseur yeah. he loves his coffee yeah he's introduced me to great coffee and yeah. it's 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 cool to see those little touches in the video we're like yeah I watched it and I was like yeah that's Doug that's driver's club and it's it's not just a matter of seeing a commercial and that's the difference is I get to I see it and I see the authenticity behind it yeah so for you to capture that I was so happy to see it yeah because yeah. I watched it and I said that's that's Doug and I like that and 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 people who uh, don't know Doug won't understand that part of it it's funny because he actually turned down a shot option of driving through his car through Starbucks because he's like absolutely not I'm not going to do that um, you know and he's being authentic to himself and I love it and it's it's getting to, to pivot to Brandon really quick like you know the the story about what he does with that truck I knew from the moment I saw that truck at RTC that whoever drives this thing needs to have their story told it was I've seen things like that that are purpose built but not actually purpose used um if that's even a you know what i'm saying yeah it's not a sema build right it's not meant to be seen it's meant to be used yeah and and reached out to him and you know he was obviously wanting to make sure that it was done with the right intention right to promote search and rescue yeah and when you come from it at that perspective which is just so again authentic um and you meet him and you spend a couple hours or a couple days with him and you realize it's in him it's who this guy is the story just starts to unfold there and shooting it becomes easy and it's all fun after that yeah i I think like i said to touch back on uh, something i said earlier i mean the car community in, in the pacific northwest has so much personality yeah and you're right like when you see when you see the pens car you go 
I need to know that guy's story. Yeah. And that's part of the reason why we started this is people wanted to know people's stories. Right. And, and I think that's the important thing in the fact that anybody, not anybody, but most people in this area can go out and they can buy a nice car, but it doesn't, you don't necessarily know why they buy it or what they buy it for. I mean, you look at, you look at your past collections of cars and things like that. There's a reason you bought those cars. Yeah. It's not, it's not necessarily going, oh, I want to show off. It's, it's, I want, I want a performance car or I want... One of my favorite cars is your your two door caddy. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. talk cars. A I bit. love that yeah. car more than anything, and I think a lot of it. And, and I hope this is not insult. Goes back to I mean, we're of this. We're almost of the same age. Like I grew up on the Dukes of Hazard, and a white Cadillac. You, yours is black, but a white Cadillac with horns on the hood of it. I mean, come on. I mean, Boss Hog all the way. <laughs> you're talking about you're talking about the black caddy. The black caddy. So that's yeah. four door. Oh, yeah. it is a four door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I've I but yeah I. My caddies are, I agree with you that a person uh, is kind of exemplified by the car or cars that they choose and, and the collection in my case definitely reflects who you are. I've always been, I can tell a lot by a person's collection about what kind of person they are. I've seen a lot of them over the years um, and I can almost tell like, do I want to tell that story or not? What kind of cars do you, I, I mean, it's very How surface, many and, do you very surface <laughs> and shallow, but um, that was one thing, you know, not to not talk about myself for a second, but again, the Avant stories, that was a blast. Like reaching in and just, um, you know, dipping into these people's lives who, uh, you know, Christian had a collection. Christian Na- yeah, yeah. Naomi had, guy. Naomi just has two cars that she's absolutely head over heels for. And, you know, the Damons and their passion for BMWs. It's like, you, it was amazing piecing together the cars with the people in that case and then helping Adam tell his story about what he was trying to do with, with his, you know, club and service. Um, and I think that for myself, the caddies, you know, the old school play, it's like the low and slow thing. I bought the 49 at an auction in Las Vegas, took it on the gumball immediately, I had to leave it in Houston because it couldn't make it the whole way. And then, but I was hooked. I was hooked on the slow and just the style, uh, the 70 two-door uh, Coupe de Ville, uh, you know, it, take it down the coast, up the coast, put the kid in the back. There's something really, uh, you know, they're, they're, they don't cost anything. They're not worth anything, but they bring so much pleasure and always so many smiles with those cars, with the Cadillacs, for sure. I think it represents a it's 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 a prosperous time in America when those cars. I mean, they were heavy steel, and I mean, yeah. long and low and slow and. <laughs> Yeah. A lot of fun. Yeah. But like you were talking about before, I do modify them. So, you know, they're all on air. They're all sitting on the ground. They got a lot of attitude. Um, you know, not fast, but they're 20 feet long and everybody gives them, you know, gives them way. Yeah. Some people call them Cadillacs. Some people are describing Ben low, slow, (laughs) (laughs) 20 feet long. Uh, yeah. Do you have a favorite at all? Even no, no, I really don't. I mean, I always, redirect that question to what I would sell last. Ah, that's a great way to put it. And even that way is a little bit hard. I, I honestly, you know, that would probably be if, if there were before about six months ago, it would have been honestly my G wagon. I, I drive it all the time. I four seasons, f- you know, four seats really, f- really fast, like really loud, but but a total perfect daily driver and family car. But even that is rare because it's a two-door G wagon, which Very rare. you don't see. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I think yours is the only one I've ever seen. Yeah, so yeah. it does scratch that rarity. It yeah, it ticks that box for me. The recently, my most recent acquisition, which is the first car I bought in a long, long time, is the Emery car, the three five six. I just feel so privileged to own, and has really 
I can feel myself starting to turn towards vintage now. You know, driving something from the 50s or the 60s is just, that's not low and slow. I, I feel like that's where my life is going. I mean, the, the journalism comment was I got invited by Mercedes to drive a 300 SL a thousand miles in Arizona on a rally two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And, you know, driving a 300 SL for a thousand miles it cemented that, like, that's where I need to be. Well, and I mean, you and you treat your three, five, six like a piece of art. It it literally sits in your living room, correct? It does. Yeah, I've Which, got I mean, I've got two living rooms, and I've got a car in each one. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. Good for that you. Is every guy's dream, right there. I think the, the part we have to say more is the fact that you have a wife that allows you to park two cars in two living rooms. <laughs> Well, it's a good thing my kid treats them like furniture and loves getting in and out well, of them fine. all the time. Yes. <laughs> Sharing your passion, Dad. Yeah. Huh? Absolutely. Yeah. So life changed for you a lot after you had your kid, it seemed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just knowing you briefly from before, just seeing yeah. you at exotics and stuff, It's and, and not in a bad way before or after, just yeah. different. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. Is it just, I mean, I guess how has that changed you? with cars like you were talking about the other day about yep. throwing your kid in the back of your cadillac and that's it yeah it changes everything honestly i've i've sold some stuff in the last few years um you just you know it's cliched but you just think and act differently i want to somebody's locked out no yeah. i think that's just uh somebody's locked in the doug bathroom. skimped on the uh, door closing devices <laughs> so oh. that's just what that is i think no, we have amanda fine. trapped in a closet <laughs> that's okay like not even intentionally this time maybe a cabinet cabinet <laughs> <laughs> she does fit in the cabinets um <laughs> Oh, we're we're literally checking. I'm going to check here. Is, it, is Amanda stuck in a cabinet? No, if doors she's open. Not, can no, we okay. put her in a doors cabinet. Yeah. <laughs> so, she's so yeah. tiny and perfect. I, I honestly have. Uh, I've sold some of the things I feel like aren't safe. I, I've sold some of the things that I I won't be able to put my daughter in for for you know four or five years, and if I have more for even longer, like I want to appreciate the cars. I want my family to appreciate the cars, and so it has changed my perspective on the kind of cars I want to buy and the kind of cars I want to continue owning for sure. I think the you know I want to have as much fun driving on. 35 mile an hour roads to drop my kid off at school as I do, you know, it used to be about 60 to 130 pulls in my Porsche. And it's like, how fast can you, you know, a three second 60 to 130. And this is how much life has changed. That being said, I, I have, you know, a purpose built Camaro that I intend on scratching a top speed itch, but in a controlled environment. And obviously the kid's not going to be with me, right? you know, so it's, it's more so about, you know, uh, specific tools for the job and my job pretty much seven days out of the week is going to be with my kid in one way or another. And, you know, on those times where I want to go to an airstrip and try and go 200 or 250, you know, I, I'm going to take the Camaro out and the kid will watch me from the back, from the sides. I forgot about the Camaro. I did not. Cause that's no. one it's of my been favorite a, well, It's just been a while since I've seen it. Well, it hasn't had its time to shine yet, yeah. honestly. And I, I keep things undercover until they're they're ready to be seen like sure. a, that's important to me and i i haven't really made it a big deal about going to the airstrip events i have because i'm still very much shaking it down if if i tell a bunch of people that i'm going to an airstrip event with this camaro people might show up or you know at least just take notice and if i do 150 mile an hour run they're gonna be like cool car ben um so i want to <laughs> i want to make sure that i can do a 200 mile an hour run uh, my goal with that car is to do a 200 mile an hour run driving and then as I, it's capable of much more. I would hand the keys over to somebody else and tell Pro them to prolong your life. Tell so them your to push it. Where yeah. I think honestly, I think that car is a 250 mile an hour standing mile car. And I, you know, I, it's got the power. It's got the arrow. It's got the fire suppression. 
it doesn't have the driver in me and it would need a parachute at those speeds, but I want to drive it 200 and then I can walk away from it as a job well done on that build. And on, the cool thing about that car is I can go and pick up my daughter also when it's not going 200, right? Like, Oh, it's, it's beautiful. I'm going to drive stopped. them all yeah. over the place. Yeah. yeah. So I've seen that car. You've had it exotics, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Making sure it's, I've got the same car. I never know yes. what you have. I'm talking about the same car. <laughs> yeah. The white, white Camaro. Yes. The white Camaro. Yeah. That's one of my favorite cars ever. I've, I have my own photos of it just because yeah. I, I've got a soft spot for 60s Camaros, and that's got what? Twin turbo? Yeah, it's a twin turbo 572 built by Tom Nelson. Yeah, and say Nelson Racing Engine 572. Yeah, yeah it's a lot. 50, man. 60 horsepower. Yeah, it's right. 60, you know, no, it's a lot. And, it's and, a little overstock. You know, talk about driving a high horsepower car. You know, you can talk about driving a 400 horsepower M3, or you can talk about driving a 1200 horsepower Camaro, or an 800 horsepower Koenigsegg, or something like I. I I have the triple and the quadruple digit horsepower experience. And I can tell you as a father now, I would rather save the four digit horsepower for an airstrip right? or the high three digit horsepower, you know, for a country road than a 60 to 130 run on the viaduct. It's just not effing worth it anymore. I got a personal question for you. And it's something on one of your cars you just brought up. Is Koenigsegg worth the hype? You're the only person I know that's owned one. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it is. It's hard to put it on par with an, another car. You know, I've owned an, other cars in that class, but there's something about what Christian did and, and still continues to do that is different than everybody he's else. He's changing the industry right now. Yeah. So, um, with some of the transmissions and stuff he's doing. Yeah, coming at it from the engineering and the design, um, you know, I, I truly appreciate um, what, what Pagani does. It just never really was my style. Style. I was not that. I mean, you can call a Koenigsegg flashy, but I, I was never as. I, to me, Pagani is a little bit more design than engineering. Um, Agreed. And Pagani looks really good sitting still. Koenigsegg looked great at speed. Yeah, it's my, a, it, in my mind. Okay. Yeah, I'm yeah, it's a good way so. to put it. I, I think that. So yes, I do think it's worth the hype. I think in you know the car that I had was uh, an early car, and in the end, what led me to let go of it was honestly like I was telling you feeling like I was restrained driving the car most of the time knowing that I really can't get like you know deep into fourth gear on these roads uh, and even if I'm trying to put it around even the attention uh, I think you know me well enough to know that I'm not about the attention and having people come up alongside you in these cars, taking pictures or, you know, trying to race you on the highway. It's like that's enough to 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 let something like that go. Let alone you have to park far enough away from the curb for the dihedral doors to be able right. to open. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. No, I, I do. I do miss it. It was it was a novelty. But in the end, my tastes have changed as I've gotten older, for sure. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the worst part. I mean, I haven't had anything at that level, of course, but even my GTR and my Z06 got too much attention for my taste. So, like, I just want to go drive. Right. right. And you get in and you're just, you kind of, and don't get me wrong, I'm not unappreciative of people who have comments. I was that kid who'd come up to me and talk to people about their cars, and I still appreciate it. But at the same time, it's, you don't go anywhere without being noticed. And you think about yeah. that when you're hauling ass somewhere down the country road. Is somebody going to piss somebody off? Is going to come find me? It's not like my car's hard to find. Yeah. Stuff like that. It just it comes back to you. And you got always got to feel like you're, like, yeah, don't pick your nose in your car, as they say, because <laughs> somebody's going to get it on yeah. film. And, and I think answering questions at gas stations or taking it to RTC or something like that, and, and you know, you got to be, you're choosing to own this car and drive it in public, then you got to be a steward for it, and you want to be a good car enthusiast, and I've always fancied myself such. Yeah. But when you're on the road, 
and you know somebody who will talk forever about this is Roy Katz like people driving like a-holes alongside you trying to get a picture of a Lamborghini or whatever it might be is enough to make you not want to drive on public road oh yes the exotic drift I'm looking at you and I'm coming into your Your lane lane. (laughs) dude yeah yeah (laughs) it gets old well I mean and I mean and that's kind of what I like about your past with your, your automotive history and the fact that your cars don't, not one car fits into a single category. There's so many people, which are good friends of ours, that have certain categories that they buy those cars. Yeah. And you have been all over the map. And like you're, you're coming into a part of your life right now with vintage. Yeah. And I, of course, love vintage because yeah. that's the one thing I have. But I think it, it, it's interesting how our, our tastes change as we get older. Yeah. I mean, comfort is something I'm really looking for now. <laughs> well, it's it just my my what I want to do with my cars has changed, yeah. and that's therefore has my taste in cars has changed. Yeah. I, when I got rid of the Z06, it, and I really didn't have any complaints with the car. Even as a, a vet, it was actually a great driving car. It was comfortable and well appointed, and I did a lot of road trips in it. But I'm going more for a Grand Tour, which is why I'm looking at the 911 next or something like that. And it's not because like I I just don't care about having the fastest car on the road and I mean yeah I'll probably get a turbo or something but it's not about the speed for me though it's really not I'm not yep. buying that car just cuz the options I want are actually cheaper to buy a CPO turbo than a Targa 4S right which is actually what I want but they have a higher resale but it's just you drive it differently even if you have the power it's like no I just want something comfortable that I can explode out of a corner with when I'm in the middle of nowhere between you know outside of Bryce Canyon Utah I found that the the one of the most kind of enlightening parts of owning fast cars is when you start taking them to the track. And if you have a car that you can drive to the track and then drive home, it will you will find that driving home from the track, you're like, why am I driving so slow? Um, yeah. And if you go to the track enough to realize to condition yourself how to be maybe a less aggressive driver than you normally would be on the street. Um, it benefits you, it benefits the world, uh, but everybody should take uh, their fast car to the track if they can and try and drive to and from. Um, and you know, I have an Atom, like it's one of the fastest, craziest little track toy. And, um, and then I have a sluggish Cadillac or an off-road defender. It's like, I think part of me is, um, the, the reason I've got the collection I do is to try and, um, keep myself as balanced as possible, whether in the car or out of the car, and just try and experience a, a, a wide variety, a spectrum of life through the lens of the different kinds of cars that I own. Yeah, a good friend of ours has a 675 LT Spider and an Atom, and he even jokes, he goes, it doesn't even compare to the Atom, because the Atom, does. you can just rail Nothing all does. the time. It's, it's, it's a, a carnival ride. It's crazy. It's a carnival ride on the street. I, I think like, Dan was saying, like, I have come to the point where I've, we've had the opportunity to drive cars fast. It's been fun. But I look forward to the most, like, the, the road I love the most is 101 down, going down to Monterey because you're taking your time. It's curved. You know, you can, you know, you can feel the car. You don't have to go over 35, 45 miles an hour. Speed is fun, but we all, we, we all know that there are consequences for speed, too. And, but being able to cruise is something. I never thought I'd say that. <laughs> Yeah, like I mean, you're getting old. I want to go fast. I want to go fast. I want to yeah. get there. And now it's like, I don't care how I don't care how long it takes me to get there. Right. Uh, I'm still 89A where we went. That's still my favorite road, Look, and that's because I like it's that. it, it, that's the best part about that road is it's a 55 mile an hour road. 
with 15 to 20 mile an hour suggested speed corners. You never have to exceed the actual speed limit on that road to terrify yourself and yeah. have an amazing time. Yeah. You just need a great car that's set up right. Right. It's well, yeah. And new brakes. Yeah, and, and really good brakes. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, life will, will bite you in the ass even at 35 miles an hour. Absolutely. Um, so things can go very wrong at low speeds. Yeah. Um, and that's all the more reason why I feel like as you've experienced some of those as I've experienced some of those things happening, whether 35 or 65, whatever it might've been. Yeah. You just realize you're not invincible anymore. And yeah. I, I still like to ride the piss out of my motorcycles. Um, and for some reason that message that I'm telling myself about my cars hasn't necessarily <laughs> made its way over to motorcycles. Cause I still am seeking thrills on my bikes. Um, but yeah, maybe when I'm 50. Does your wife or your child have a favorite? Is, is there one they always go to? No, I don't think so. I'm I'm keeping my daughter guessing, picking her up in different cars all the time. <laughs> um, and uh, you're such a good father. <laughs> what fun! She, I've 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 actually started hearing her say this one again, <laughs> trying to explain to her wow. the concept of a daily driver. <laughs> like, okay, honey, let's tone it down a bit. You, you um, understand? Everybody has a Porsche Turbo with a baby seat. Come on. <laughs> I get to see her at 16, get a 92 Accord, and be like, here you yeah, go. Right. <laughs> I had a 79 Ford Granada. It was great. Yeah. 83 Scirocco. Well, I mean, and you go back to that spike, like you were saying, 35 is dangerous. I mean, some of these cars that you've, you've owned and experienced, yeah. they don't actually start getting grip until right. 70 or 80 miles an hour with downforce. Right. So, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. they are more dangerous at, yeah. at 30, so, yeah. and more expensive to crash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, again, I think one of the places to and this isn't a responsible driving lecture but the place to go experience what can go wrong at 35 in cold weather is the track and absolutely. yeah absolutely and, and you can go and spin out there and hopefully end up in the grass and not in the tires and realize okay well if that can happen at 35 on the track it can happen at 35 on the street too and now i know i need to let my tires warm up a lot more yeah the ridge is a great place for that because they have so much runoff versus uh pacific or any other tracks around here i mean you can go up to area 27 is a good one too but uh the ridge is a fantastic track for that or go to Dirtfish. yeah Dirtfish yeah. is fantastic yeah, yeah go beat on somebody else's car. yeah exactly right, <laughs> right. yeah a lot cheaper yeah, that way you will realize how bad of a driver if you haven't done a track day and you think you're a good driver go to a track day with a professional driver who will show you one how slow you are and two how many bad habits you probably have oh, if yeah. you're older if you're younger yeah. and you get into it you're lucky but i i was talking to a co-worker who did a track day with andrew evans one of our previous guests and he was saying you know andrew races le mans and not le mans but uh formula three and a few other races all over he just anyway he was saying like how impressed he was it just Andrew's 19, 20 now? He's 20 now. Oh, 20. yeah. Yeah, and, and how amazingly fast he is because he's been doing this his entire life and this is what he knows. This yep. is his job. And guys who are even good drivers go drive with a pro and they're like, wow, I am slow and I don't know what I'm doing because yep. <laughs> they're just... Yeah. You mean everything, I learned, everything yep. I learned from Fast and the Furious is not what I need to know? <laughs> All 16 gears? <laughs> I, I recently had an... I mean, I had an experience... Uh, two months ago on a shoot where we had a professional driver and a professional rally driver and he I brought out I decided that a good idea would be to use my Adam as a camera car you guys will see all this as it comes out in the next few months and so we had a, a instructor from Dirtfish driving the camera car which was the Adam and then the professional 
driver was driving the hero car, which I won't say what it is right now. But we, I think we did post some pictures a while back. And during a lunch break, the professional driver asked me if I wanted to, if, if he could take my Adam for a spin up the road. And this was a closed road that we rented and the conditions were fine. It was in the middle of the day. Tires were warm. He had never driven an Adam before. I said, absolutely, man. And he said, do you want to go? And I, for a split second, I was like, he's never driven this car before. And he's only been driving this road for a few hours, but he hasn't, hasn't, you know, he hasn't done anything scary in that other car. Um, Sure. Yeah. Uh, And I'm not a good passenger. I think a lot of people with cars will tell you they're not good passengers. I'm definitely not a good passenger. I'm a horrible passenger. What are you doing? Oh God. No, don't do What are you doing? And so being a passenger in an Adam on a hill climb road where you can slide off a hill and, and cars, a car just recently a month before we were shooting there tumbled off and burst into flames. Um, Like that was in the front of my mind. I had to pay for an ambulance to be there on the shoot because of this. Like it was serious. And I was like, well, you only live once. Yeah. Um, and being in sitting shotgun for that was a religious experience. I'm not a religious guy, but I saw somebody and he looked a lot like Jesus. Um, <laughs> I will say this. I, I had I had looked at those those photos and and not only being in the atom, but what you were following is incredible. So yeah, yeah, that will be. Oh, yes. yes absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I have yeah. seen those it's photos pretty special. Yeah. I mean, that'll be a wonderful shoot to see. But I can imagine like somebody being able to take that car and really drive it. Yeah, he was a surgeon. I mean, it wasn't even drifting around corners. He was he was angling it like the hands of a clock, the way he was able to manipulate the corners in that car. It was crazy. I could do that once. Yeah, and then end up off in the cliff like me. In, 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 in his car. <laughs> once. In somebody else's car. You, you, know, you wanted that back in pieces, right? Uh, I can already tell. This is, one of those, uh, this is one of those lucky episodes where I feel like we could listen forever, but we do need to take a break to uh, thank our sponsors. We'll be right back. Grandpa, what do you call this thing again? It's a 66 Ford Bronco. I think you got ripped off. Why is that, honey? It's got no Wi-Fi, no USB port, no Bluetooth. Exactly. I guess we'll just have to talk. Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. Is that the window button? It's called a window crank. Cool. The faster I move it, the faster it goes down. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. Being old is kind of cool, Grandpa. Works for me. For people who love cars. And we're back and... You know, it's 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 too bad. I wish we could record all the time because some of my favorite stories are told off the <laughs> mic. But yeah. and there's a reason they're off the mic. I don't think Ben wants some of those stories. No, some no, shouldn't no. be That's on a, yeah, the record. Yeah, this is why you need to come uh, be a member and listen to us here. Remember, yeah. when he told us those stories, there was a lot of air quotes. Like there was, <laughs> yeah, no. there was somebody who there's did There's a whole this. lot of allegedly <laughs> yeah, somebody allegedly. did something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, one of the ones we can tell is a little more about eGarage and sort of the legacy of eGarage or the mission behind it, I guess you could say. I'll let you tell yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, I think I think for me it's about um getting stories out there that might not have had the chance. There's such a feeling of contentment when I can drop into somebody's life and kind of absorb their passion for their vehicle or their their job for the for vehicles or whatever the relationship to a car might be and kind of, you know, take it in digest it and figure out how can I what's what's the baby mama do to the or what's the what's the baby the, the mama bird do to the baby birds regurgitate it out, yeah. out, out to I said baby mama uh, regurgitate <laughs> yeah, it out, out to people baby bird uh, mamas <laughs> in, in a way that is compelling so how do you tell a story about an inanimate object and a person's relation to it 
in a way that is compelling to other people? Well, first, the people who are listening or watching have to somehow have a relationship with that same inanimate object. But, you know, you have to tell a story that honors the person um, in a way that people will, that it's transparent. Like, you know, my, my director always gets on my case. Like, why are we always shooting kids? You know, why are we, so this isn't kid garage. This is about people in their cars. It's like, well, because, and to go back to what we were talking about before, you know, if, if you can appreciate your car with your kid or kids, um, it's this authentic absorption into your life and we should show it's not just low hanging fruit. It's just when you show a person's appreciation for their car with their kids, other people can identify with that. And there's, I want to do that or I want that when I have kids. Second yeah. of all, 10 years ago, Ben would go, why am I shooting kids? Yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. And it's totally now where it's, it is. Your, your life has changed. Yeah, it's yeah. where I'm at right now. But yeah, I think, I think for me, what I hope for, if anybody who is a fan or wants to be a fan of eGarage, it's just, you know, they see us as, as authentic storytellers of people who love cars. And you that's know, what made I, me a fan. I appreciate that. I think I think this video of of Drivers Club hopefully will show people that we can shoot in a new way that that relates to, you know, what Doug is trying to do and can bring people into this beautiful building and realize that they could have a home here too. Yeah, it it strikes a nerve though. It's funny you mentioned the kids stuff. I mean, it's like even I don't have kids. I probably will never have kids. That you know of. Right. Correct. But it it uh, it brings me back to that thing. Even for those of us who don't have them, my favorite memories growing up were those times working on my car with my dad or my brother, him showing me something that I didn't know. Those are my favorite memories as an adult. And seeing that and even just watching somebody else, that transference, you connect with that on a, you know, in your soul a little bit. You see that and, you're, and you admire that and you're happy for them in that. That takes a special kind of thing. You don't get to see that. You can't, you don't see that on film very often unless it's like some cheesy commercial for some credit union or something where it's like, yeah, whatever, it's just, you know, sell you something. We love you and your family. By the way, here's a toaster. <laughs> right, exactly. And this is <laughs> yeah. not that. And that's and that's the difference is you see this and you're like, that's just, you captured life and we all love to see that. Thank you, man. I always say that um, my goal with eGarage content is, is you cry when you watch it when you're making it or you cry when you watch it after we're done. You know, someone's got to cry in the creation of my content in order for <laughs> it to it, be a somebody's success. Somebody's got to cry. <laughs> we did a happy project. Did you cry? <laughs> Doug, yeah, Doug, okay. yeah, yeah. Well, it's one of those things. It's funny because I was watching it in those times where I'm not going to give away any parts of the video. You guys will see the video out there. You'll see what I mean because they're going to really. Uh, Doug's going to release it tonight, actually. So oh, even better. So it, you'll see it. See it uh, you'll see it by the time this episode airs. We will have featured it on our page on on every social media outlet we have, and you'll understand what we're talking about. And if you're a parent, you'll understand why these videos are so special and why it touches you. And if you're not, you'll understand why it's important to them as the owners and why it's important to you, Garage. So I hope you guys see that, admire it, and uh, kind of feel it. Yeah. I want thanks, you to see man. it. Anyway. Thanks. I agree. And I've only known you for, you know, a little bit, but I think it's a good idea that you don't want to be a dad. Oh, you're probably I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want you reaching out and touching people either. Uh, <laughs> I'm an uncle to 11. I've only known you for a minute. You shouldn't be a father. (laughs) (laughs) I've known you for a long time. I agree with him. (laughs) Well, Ben, I really appreciate you coming in and taking time. Sure, Um, man. You know, uh, I know that you're uh, a really passionate person, and I I wanted to share that with our guests, and I I really thank thank you for for taking your time. Uh, For Rain City Supercars, I'm Nick. I'm Dan. And don't just get there. Enjoy the drive.